going to go back to the book of Revelation today and spend some time talking about the new world that we're looking forward to. Uh, I find that this time of year, part of the New Year's resolutions are a good thing because we've been on break for a bit and, and most of us are trying to find our way back into disciplines and everything else. And Some of that break is good because it causes you to consider what's going on, but some of it too is, is like, I got to get out of this mode or <laughs> I'm going to die, you know, because it just... It, it's unsettling after a while to not have that system, and we end up doing things that we just don't plan on doing, you know, including overeating and everything else. But I find, too, that, you know, if I've been watching a lot of movies and everything else, it's, it's hard for me to really think, you know, and <laughs> just be in my system, so to speak, and kind of glad to get back. But uh, one of the things I want to talk about is just that focus on what's ahead, because that's very, very important to what we're doing. Um, if somebody tells you, you ask them, you want to go do this, and they say, I don't have time, we all know what that means, but it's not a literal, I don't have time, right? We all have the same amount of time, and so it is a possibility. It's just that they may be saying to you, I have so many things going on today, I don't feel like I can get this done. Or they may be saying, I can't really afford to go do that, and they're just saying, I don't have time. Or they may be saying, I really don't want to hang out with you, <laughs> but politely saying, I don't have time. I remember in college, one night I called a girl up asking her for a, a date on Friday night, and she told me, oh, I committed to doing laundry with my roommate. My assumption was <laughs> she didn't have time. <laughs> and I'm going, um, I don't think you were as excited about this possibility as I was. <laughs> we all have those, those things where we're looking at time, right? And yet, if we have a focus on something different, it helps us schedule what's going on today. And ha not having time may really mean I have something that I'm really honed in on and I need to get this done. And so in that sense, if we keep a vision of heaven in front of us, it has a lot of impact on this day. As Kurt was reading earlier, sometimes the Spirit prays for us in ways that we don't know how to pray because there are these seasons at times where we're not really sure what's going on. We're not really sure how God's voice is working in this moment. We're listening and we're trying, but it's that awareness that I don't have an answer yet. And it's good to have this confidence that says, he is still looking over my life and he is directing me where I need to go. And I have this awareness that he is with me. And I have this constant hope in what he is providing. So let's go to the book of Revelation, chapter 21. John the Apostle is banished to the Isle of Patmos. So he's not writing from a, a grand situation. It's like he's been put in jail or just said, you've got to live there. And 
in 2009, Forbes listed Patmos as one of the most idyllic places to live. Um, nobody there has to raise their own food, so to speak. They're not having to just survive. What's listed for the Apostle John as being his place of abode was a cave in the rock. So it wasn't like it was the most idyllic place in the world. Uh, in fact, it looks like a, just a piece of rock out in the ocean to me. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there is no longer any sea. So he's saying there is a, a, a time coming where even what we know as earth is going to be vastly different than what we're used to. No sea. Now there's a river of life, but he says there's just, there's no sea. It's intriguing too that initially, you know, you have the earth together, but there's a, a scripture that indicates in a sense when the continents are drifting apart, you know, where it starts to get, this, this eternal place is not a, place of barriers, but everybody's going to have access to the eternal city. No sea. There's a lot of things different. No need for the sun or the moon. The glory of the Lord is going to be sufficient, it says later on. A massive change. It goes on and he says, I saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. In Bible times, Jerusalem was the holy city. Now, it wasn't all that holy in natural life, but the desire was is that it would be the habitation of God. It was the desire that it would be the place where you could come and meet with God. And so they had built a temple all with this desire of it being the city of God. But we are told that there is coming a time when God will dwell with humanity and there will be this city where God lives. And so it has a holiness about it and a wonder and an awe. This picture of Jerusalem coming down or a new Jerusalem I think most women would admit they probably put more energy into looking beautiful on their wedding day than perhaps any other time. Is that fair? What do you mean? No, no, I'm not going, I'm not taking it anywhere else. I'm just saying a lot of energy into have, to looking special. And I think that's what we're to see in this. It comes down looking perfect. He said, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty is a lamb and the lamb are its temple. In other words, you don't have to build a building that hopes to have God around. And you don't have to put in all this symbolism that represents God because God's there. Wherever God is, that's his home, his house, so to speak. And so there is this wonderful place where God is living. He says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, 
and God himself will be with them and be their God. And so from the beginning of time, just as God walked in the Garden of Eden, there's this awareness of God's intent is to live with humanity. Now that's, that's astounding. I, you know, I've preached on this many, many times, and yet it's still just kind of, it's one of those truths that's so wonderful, you're going, are you sure? <laughs> and the scripture is what declares this to us, is that when he created us, his creation, his intent was to make us in his image so that we could live with him forever and have that relationship be tied to him. Now, if you made something and created it, generally you're going to go, I'm more impressive than you are, so why would I choose to bond with you? But God said, I want to create a being that I can relate with. And that's why part of the time, even now, we, we spend a lot of energy saying, develop a personal relationship with God. He's not just looking for it in eternity, but he's wanting communication even now. He's wanting to share life. It's his intent to be involved with us relationally. It's been his intent forever. And so when we talk about it and we say, well, there's this gap because I recognize my sinfulness. That's the whole message of salvation. Him coming to earth, dying for our sin, taking away our shame and our guilt so that we might have relationship with him. And it's wretched to proclaim, no, you just, you know, you get saved and then you, someday you'll be with him. Well, that's half the story. You come into relationship with him and you have opportunity of continuing in that relationship from that point on. And so we have this opportunity for dialogue in our prayer. We have opportunity when we read the scripture for it to come alive in our hearts. And this awareness that God is with us. The whole intent of the Christmas season as we've walked through. He says that God will be their light. The nations will walk by its light and kings of the earth shall bring their glory to it. He says there will be no night there and its gates will never be closed. The idea is you have permanent access. You're not, you're not set out. You're not, there's no barrier. But you have opportunity to continue in relationship. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations to it. Nothing unclean, no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it. So it truly is a holy city. Vastly different than anything we've experienced here on earth. It goes on and he says, He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. This week, one of our friends passed away, Amy Hendrickson. She's only 45, three teenage kids. And uh, you look at that and you go, there is no good explanation for that in this lifetime. 
There just isn't. You have to have that hope in eternity for it to make sense. But you walk back through it and you say, it's the same story for a young child. It's the same story for an older person. Death brings loss to us no matter at what age. Death wasn't meant to be. Death will not be in the future. There will be no more tears, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. So of all these things that we wrestle with in this lifetime, going, why am I in crisis and why is this pain a part of my life, whether it be real in physical or whether it be relational, it just says there will be no more pain. It's a different order than what we're used to. All of that gone. And it's with joy we anticipate such things. I remind you, John is on the Isle of Patmos when he's writing this. He's experienced pain. He's experienced sorrow. But he is still confident of this hope that he's tied into. In the same way, Jesus, he experienced physical pain, but he also experienced social pain with rejection. He walked through the same things that we walk through, the sorrows, and yet now he lives interceding for us. Incredible thought. No more sorrow, no more pain. No longer any death. It says, he who sits on the throne says, behold, I'm making all things new. Right? For these words are faithful and true. He's just saying, everything that you know of this life, you know, the complications that sin brings and the difficulties that you're aware of, he says, there's coming a day where it's completely different. And he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I'll give to the one who thirsts for the spring of water of life without cost. Alpha Omega, the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet, beginning and the end. What is he saying? He says, I've been in this from the very beginning, and I will be with it to its conclusion. I've been in every facet of this life, and I will be with it into the next. There is a master plan from beginning to end. What an incredible thought. He who overcomes shall inherit these things. I will be his God and he will be my son. So he says, this is a commitment you have to make. He <laughs> says, you have to commit yourself to this course and this task. He says, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderous, immoral, goes on, their part will be in the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone. So he says, the separation of good and evil is coming. The separation of all that is wretched is, is going to be taken away. What's going to be left, those inherit eternal life, is, a, is what is all, of all that is good. And that's our hope. We come back to it, we come into a new year, and we're saying, I want to continue to keep my heart on the things that are important. I want to put my focus into what's eternal. I want to live my life with this in mind because it's deeply going to affect what I'm doing right now. So Lord, help us as we walk in that. Why don't you stand with me?
Father, I pray for each one here. If there are those that have yet to embrace your goodness and your salvation, I pray that in this moment that they would turn to you, acknowledge his sins, but also acknowledge your salvation through your sacrifice. That each one might have that hope of eternity locked in their hearts, knowing that this world is temporal and the issues of this world are temporal. But we have this mighty hope of an eternal life with you, to be with you forever and ever. We rejoice in that. Amen.